you know, you, you know, when you're starting out in business, I was going to all these networking events and, I'd, you know, I'd got lots of cards, business cards. And um, I just sat there one day with them on my knee and rang every single one of them up, probably about 2,000 businesses. It took me days to get through them, but I started. I just thought, I wonder if any of these business people would want to talk to me. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Coaching Life podcast, where we peel back the bull crap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. So today's guest, well, she's someone I've seen around on Facebook for quite some time, predominantly in the three principles and coaching communities um, we've spoken a couple of times and a few weeks back I heard her being coached on a podcast talking about one of her current challenges in her coaching practice and I thought wow well that's a nice challenge to have that's a problem if you want to call it that that I know many coaches would like so I'm hoping we're going to explore that a little bit how that's come about and what might be happening next with that so without revealing any more, let's dive straight in and welcome Nikki Bartley. Hello, Nikki. Hey, Phil. Let's start here. Can you tell us what got you into the coaching profession? Mm, yeah, it, it was it was purely accidental, if I'm being honest, because I was a social worker working in youth justice, um, stressed out, depressed, um, regularly suicidal. Um, after long periods of loving the job, you know, I was looking for a way out and I took voluntary redundancy. And I actually went to be a PA um, in commissioning for the NHS. So I thought, oh, that's going to be easy. I need a job where I don't think. And within two or three days of taking that job, I was stressed out, depressed, still suicidal. <laughs> And um, it was actually the hardest job I've ever done ever in my life. So something you know that was I was looking to be um, an easy ride. I thought, oh, this is easy. Turned out like I was not a natural PA at all. But I was very fortunate that um, the NHS, the CCG Clinical Commissioning Group I was working for, had a coach. And that was I hadn't even got a clue that the coaches existed. Mm. Until then, you know, because like um, although there'd been opportunities for development in my career as a social worker, I was such a um, I was going to swear that I won't, but I was such a, a rebel that I resisted. Like I was a nonconformist. I'm not doing personal development. <laughs> so my first, yeah, that was my first um, experience of coaching was my failure as a PA. Within the first week, they said, "Oh, we've got a coach. I think you could talk to her." <laughs> yeah. and, and by the way, I do feel free to cuss and swear. That's completely fine. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm curious then. What, what? How did? How did that help you? That coaching. How did that help you? Um. Well, first of all, I realised that it was completely right that I wasn't a PA, um, and that I should just put my attentions to where they naturally would go, 
you know, and I just really saw this through the, the coaching that I received. And then I thought, well, actually, I could do your job. <laughs> I was still so arrogant back then. <laughs> um, and so I did. I went and did. That's exactly what I did after. I mean, that was about a 12-month transition, you know, but that's what I did. I went and trained as a coach. And I also, whilst I was doing that, went back, back into youth justice as a social worker and um, started to sort of put the feelers out for clients. Um, yeah, so I took it from there. However, I didn't get any clients and I left Youth Justice thinking that that's what I needed to do <laughs> to get clients. So, yeah. So was that like a jump off a cliff kind of thing? Is it like, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna give it a shot now, being a coach, leave my job? It was it was um, a leap of faith that, and a misunderstanding. <laughs> it was all of those things. It was right. I'm gonna, you know, some determination and grit. I'm gonna do this. Um, I can do this, and I just did it. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I I made the decision, and I never went back. I never went back. Literally. So. I always ask a version of this question. Where where did your first clients actually come from? How did they come about? Hmm. So from that point, so I, I, you know, that was a Wednesday. Coming up, well, yeah, just a little over three years ago on a Wednesday that was, you know, in September. Um, I deleted my Facebook I deleted all traces I could find of me online and I reinvented myself. I'm really embarrassed to say this. I'm a coach now and, you know, like no one can see how messed up I was. <laughs> New shiny Facebook and I didn't add anyone I knew. Um, I added strangers who I was going to get as coaching clients. And <laughs> and over a period of time, this I know this is a true story, I was sad it must sound, but over a period of time, say, um, six months and I still hadn't got any clients, um, I'd still got this mythical business um, and no money, I started actually thinking there's a possibility that I might never have any clients and I might as well just make friends and add everyone back to my Facebook account. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did and funnily enough um, yeah I, I just I just eased up on that really and I still didn't make any money I still didn't get any clients until around about six months after that so 12 months into my business I got my first client wow <laughs> did, you, and, did, uh, you, did you celebrate <laughs> <laughs> you know what <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I didn't make enough to celebrate. Okay. But yeah, I got my first client. She was an editor, and um, we we had three sessions together, and I made exactly two hundred and fifty pound. And then it was six months later before I got my next client. I just got so so much. Um, that I was really really naive. What was that? I mean? What was that like? I mean, so you're talking here one client or you know two in eighteen months. How how was that? 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was really disheartening. Um, I was speaking to someone this morning actually about this, and um, the one thing I could have done for myself was go back to work and um, have an easier time of it because obviously, you know, after 18 months of doing that and only having one client making £250, um, you know, did I believe my feelings meant something, <laughs> you know, really. Um, so, yeah, it was it was difficult. Is that like perhaps the one thing you you would have done differently? I mean, I, I know I mentioned this time and time again on this on this podcast that, and I and I speak to people who not necessarily want to be coaches, but they want to perhaps break out of their corporate career or employment. They want to break out of employment, and then um, you know to go to go self-employed or to start their own business. And I I always ask, let's flip it around because at those times it often looks like the job, the J-O-B is either a distraction or it's in the way, an uh, obstruction. And I like to try and turn that around to, well, what if that job actually supported you? If you were looking, how can that, your current circumstances, how can you use your current circumstances of employment to support you in what it is you want to create? I'm curious what you might have done differently looking back on those 18 months. Yeah, I, I really think that's a lovely and relevant question because I was saying this morning to the clients and the one thing that I would have done is if I knew then what I know now, I would have got a job. I would have got a full-time job and supported myself financially and then just immerse myself in the lovely experience of coaching for nothing, like with no... No attention to whether I made money from it, and yeah. I would have been a really good coach. Because mm. mm. I, I mean, I also know I don't I don't know that I've shared this, but when I left my job, I left. I saved up a stack of money, six figure amount, but I was so scared to actually invest it. I was like, that just seemed to be there's something going on with me. No, no, I don't want to. I don't want to actually spend it. Other, I need to keep that. I need to keep that to pay the bills and. Of course, that was what I was manifesting, was that I would have to live off these savings rather than actually invest them. Do you know what I mean? So certainly for me, that's something else, like you said, get some decent coaching. So, I mean, that situation, those 18 months, Nikki, you know, we're, we're chatting just before we started recording. The situation now is somewhat different. So what, what changed? What changed in you, actually? And how did that come about? I guess, I mean, there's a number of things, you know, it was a journey, it wasn't an overnight change. Mm. Um, my um, transition into coaching from that, you know, from getting the second client, um, I started to realise that I didn't know as much as I thought I did for the start. <laughs> and the next thing, which was still a little bit further down the line, was maybe that's okay too. Maybe that's okay too. You know, so it was a journey into into getting comfortable with not being an expert, and that that isn't actually what coaching is anyway. <laughs> yeah, so you know, but could I have learnt that overnight? Like, I, well, people did try and learn me that overnight. I just didn't listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what were next? steps then what what helped you to see that were you did you dive into some training were you getting coached what was going on yeah, i i um did some further training with jamie smart on um the principles behind clarity you know the coach training 
and um, having come across this little book of clarity, um, I I didn't hear what most people hear in that, you know, when they get immersed into the principles. I heard, oh, I need more training to become a coach. I hadn't even got a clue that he was talking about principles, you know. So I signed up for that. And, um, you know, at that point, I was... I was so immersed in debt, I'd spent all of my redundancy money on courses and programs and email marketing and all sorts. I was about to have my house repossessed. And on the first day, Jamie started to talk about how we're built for success, how we've already got an operating system that can guide us through life, how we can follow that. Um, not not go wrong, you know, be well, and that that that's all we really need to see. And I thought, ah, bullshit. <laughs> like that just no. Like I thought I'd come to you, Jamie, because you were going to help me make money. <laughs> Do you not realise that I'm going to go get my house repossessed on Wednesday? You know, that's really caught up in that. Oh, just another internet marketer. This is, you know. And then I had an experience that evening that just was just life changing. You know, it was um, yeah. So going back to my hotel room, having decided never to go back to that program again, and to find another way, another program, another course. <laughs> um, he gets into bed that evening and. Um, was just so fed up, really fed up, and then the fire alarm rings, and I'm just drifting off to sleep, and I had had this thought that, oh, this is it, here's my answer, um, there's a fire, I'm here, if I allow myself to burn in this fire, you know, my, my kids will be okay, because they'll get the insurance money, the house won't get repossessed on Wednesday, no one will think that I'm a failure. I don't have to deal with any more of that. And I felt really, really peaceful. It's like, oh, this is my answer, you know? And then without any warning, I was tearing my way down eight flights of stairs and out into the foyer completely naked. And the little reception guy was shouting, miss, miss, it's a false alarm. <laughs> and um, I just burst out laughing and he was mortified. He was trying to cover me with his jacket, you know, and... And I was saying, oh, don't worry about it. Like, like, I'm alive. I'm okay. And what Jamie had been saying to to all of the room that day about um, it's all an illusion. It's all thought. We'll see what we see. Just really hit me. Like, really hit me that only five minutes before I'd been so willing to die in imaginary fire, really believing that that was the answer. And, and feeling peaceful with that, you know? And yet here I was, like, not prepared for that at all. And I just saw the irony of, of it all. And that there must be, actually, he might be onto something. Like, James Smart might be smarter than I give him credit for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very glad that you saw that. I'm sure there's many of us that feel that way. Um 
and I, I, when people tell me stories like this, it is, it feels to me that there's like some kind of switch that we let life in. Was it something like that? Yeah, I guess, you know, something, it's hard to describe, isn't it, that, because I didn't even know that I had an insight, I didn't know enough at that point, it just suddenly all looked differently. Hmm same circumstances, I was still going bankrupt on the Wednesday, but all of a sudden, like I knew I had this innate knowing that all of that was okay, and that I'm still thriving, I wasn't just surviving, I was thriving, I was standing there, stark naked, in a hotel foyer, absolutely full of life, like who knew, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I just had this real sense of I'm not just surviving, I'm not getting through life, I am life. And I didn't know that that was insight, so, you know, that that realisation of, oh, that was an insight was months after, you know, I, I actually couldn't speak about this for several months, I never told anyone it happened, I'm my partner, you know. Um... But it opened up, something was open, you're right, there was something that opened up then, like, maybe I don't know it all. Maybe I don't, maybe there's something for me to see. And let's stay in the conversation to explore that. Mm. So the obvious question to me is, well, then what did you see? (laughs) Yeah, I've got an obvious answer for that. I, you know, I then went on a journey and every now and then I still remind myself of this, like, you haven't got the answers. And you don't have to have them either, you know. I, I, I do literally remind myself of that regularly. But the, just that willingness to go there blindly, that's what I saw was Whereas previously, you know, um, I wouldn't go anywhere without knowing, knowing what I was getting into. But it's really served me. It's really, you know, that being prepared to walk blind has really served me. So I guess, um, well, I'm going to ask the question rather than guess. What kind of impact that had on you actually taking action? Because, you know, (laughs) I always think the best way to um, create change in the world is to take action. I think it was Mike O'Neill. Was it Mike O'Neill said recently or did I read it that even God can't move a parked car, right? (laughs) So... (laughs) Literally, um, it isn't. So, I, one thing that I do is take loads of action, kind of a real action taking. But whereas the action used to have to be accompanied with certainty that I would likely to gain an outcome, now it's a, I don't really care. I've got nothing on it, and so I take loads of action. Um, I take loads of action that doesn't go where I expect it'll go. And I guess from that day forwards, I saw taking action differently. I saw so taking action used to have a purpose, and now taking action is the purpose. You know, and let's see what comes out of that. And I, you know, one example: a few weeks after that incident, you know, you you know, when you're starting out in business, I was going to all these networking events, and I, you know, I'd got lots of cards, business cards, and. Um, I just sat there one day with them on my knee and rang every single one of them up, probably about 2,000 businesses. It took me days to get through them, but I started. I just thought, I wonder 
if any of these business people would want to talk to me about this understanding that's so life-changing. And I would never have done that a few months before, you know? And so I started doing <laughs> things that I would, I would have thought that was ridiculous a few weeks before. But I, st I started doing stuff like that, and I still do stuff like that. Brilliant. Amazing. So was there then a very apparent change to how clients found you or coming to you? Is it just off the back of connecting with people, as you're describing there? Yeah. Um, yeah, literally. So the, at first there was still some expectation that, um, from my part, that they would see me a certain way. They would see me and realise that I was now a super coach and <laughs> want to work with me. And that um, all the other extreme for me was they're getting into all this. How do I sell coaching? You know, so it wasn't it, it wasn't like I'd had this insight, and you know, it's a journey to get to where I am. You know, I tried to sell coaching. I tried to make people see my superpowers. I did all of that. But I didn't knowing that I was probably doing things wrong, and I was prepared to find out. Yeah, so... Did it, how many cards did you say? A thousand or two thousand or something? Cards, yeah. Two thousand. Yeah. What, did, what did you really learn from that process? Because I can imagine, like, I'm, I am curious, although, you know, we're all... We're, <laughs> we always ask the how questions, like, come on, tell us exactly what you did. What did you say? And I, and I am curious, and if you're willing to share, I'd love to know, like, how perhaps that conversation changed from... I'm imagining... Hello, my name's Nikki and I'm a coach and I want to sell you some coaching and then perhaps a shift actually to it not being about you and then you going to curiosity. That's a guess. So, I'm, I'm, you know, how, how, how did that progress? Like, how were you approaching those, those conversations with card number one compared with card number 2000? <laughs> so, the, when, when first, so, I the idea literally and then just pick the cards up and did it so there was no like oh I'll do this I plan to do this on Wednesday it's like I've got these business cards I've got no clients I need clients I want to coach let me speak to people literally you know so I started with the top card and I sort of I just rang I didn't have a speech but I found myself saying hi it's Nikki remember we met at this um, business event and you know, um, I just wondered if you're available for conversation around coaching. And it literally was that. And it changed in about 20 cards in <laughs> after people were saying, no, thanks, I'm not interested in coaching. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I realized, and I don't, I didn't see it again, you know, our insights become apparent months after, weeks after. They're not always, you know, mm. but literally 20 cards in I started to say hi it's Nikki Bartley I don't know if you remember we met at a networking event I wondered if you'd be willing to meet up for coffee I'd like some advice and I'm and that's when people would say oh yeah people love to give advice don't yeah, they yeah. I, I that was where I was at that, that time I loved to give advice I loved hearing voice <laughs> and I took it from there and some would say yeah some would say I haven't got a clue who you were did, did we ever meet you know, got various responses, but I met in, met up with enough people to just enter into a conversation and and think, well, what would happen if 
I never got a client again. Would I still want a conversation with these people? And all I could come up with was yes. Hmm. What was the first client like coming out of that exercise? How did, how did that how did that come about? So I um, I met with a guy who was local to me, and he was actually because I'd formed a business network as well along the way. So I, I would I'd kind of referral networking. And, um, you know, I still got that rebellious streak in me. That's just, I admit I still have any, you know. <laughs> but I'd got, like, I'm going to do networking different. And um, I started a local business network, and we were meeting monthly. And it was just for breakfast, and it was really chilled. There was no, like, you haven't got to refer anyone. You haven't got to work with me. Let's just get together and have some banter over breakfast. And it was it was really lovely. And so the first client I got from that was a guy whose wife actually came along to the breakfast. He didn't, but his wife did. He was actually doing too much business to be bothered with networking. <laughs> was he like, will you please coach my husband so I get to go out with him occasionally or something? I just got a phone call off this guy saying, you know, my wife comes to your business network. Can we have a conversation? I'm really interested in what you're doing. And so we met in Costa, and I went really excited that this guy had rang me. I hadn't even approached him. And um, about an hour into the conversation, I was really listening, and I got an inkling that this wasn't going how I expected it to go. And then five minutes later, that was confirmed when he just offered me a job. <laughs> like, I wanted to come and work in the department. <laughs> it's like, hmm, like... Didn't you see that I'm a coach? <laughs> you know, but you know, I just said, Luke, I said, I might take you up on that at some point. I said, but for now, how about we um, have some conversations around that and see what you see from it? And yeah, there was there was my um, there was my first client that I hadn't had to generate. You know, like right. he. You know, although you had generated him, I'm going to just say, of course, just from what you're doing, taking massive action without too much attention to your thinking, and of course, just showing up, yeah. just just showing up as you. So, and there's, you know, there in some communities. So I immersed myself in the work of like the Prosperous Coach community for a few years, and that book just totally transformed how I approached my coaching business and. Um, that's all about client creation, and I think you know you 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 created this client. That's so so clear. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But in terms of how I was still trying to operate in those days, you know, it was like, um, yeah, it just it, he was just there, and I, t I I saw that opportunity and took it. You know, basically it was yeah. So I started to work with Scott, and he's a. Um, He's a local businessman, and I didn't even understand his work. <laughs> you know, I remember coming out of the meeting and thinking, oh, I've got this client, I don't really know what he does. He does digital something, digital media printing for big organisations like the NHS, you know. So I had a vague idea. But I also thought, oh, that's cool. I'm going to spend the next sort of six months with this guy 
really finding out who he is, you know, and he'll do that too. So how did how did the momentum start to pick up? You know, you go from like you know, two clients in eighteen months, and you you go to this training, you start seeing something new, and you just take start taking loads of action without much regard for your thinking. You're showing up. What was that like? Just briefly, really. What? How did momentum then really start to pick up? And because I, I want to just, if we can, get to where you are now perhaps i mean maybe maybe do that let's do that just to, to just jump right ahead like just and i know there's a bit of you that doesn't always feel comfortable with talking about this but i think this can help people right so this is in the intro i mentioned you have a challenge going on at the moment in that you have more work really than you alone can handle right so the, that's the spoiler alert that's like wow beautiful so i'm wondering whether you can just tell us a little bit about that and then how you got from like this guy to where you are now yeah. a, a lot of inconsistency and learning like so so from from scott i then went you know with no clients again it was like but he was the only clients i got and then all of a sudden someone else came forward and she was a network marketer again she was in my business network and so i got an inkling that all of this money i've spent i probably spent about twenty five thousand pound on learning to market, learning strategies, techniques, tips. And I thought, well, my my audience are already right under my nose. Like, no one has come to me that isn't already part of my life. And so I started getting a feeling that all of that money I spent was a really valuable lesson in what not to do rather than what to do. So I started to work with, with another client. She was a network marketer. And she was selling, I don't want to mention the company, but she was selling aloe vera products. And not very successfully, not very well. She was in a lot of debt. She couldn't afford to pay me much money. But I really want, there's something in her that I saw that was very similar to where I had been, you know, um, all that time beforehand when I started out. And so I thought I'm going to make it as easy as possible for her to work with me. And it was kind of, okay, um, what can you afford to pay me? Yeah. And that really surprised me that I'd done that because up until this point, I was like um, a six-figure coach in my mind. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you're a six-figure coach and you're going to attract all these six-figure clients. And I, and I, I realised that maybe like this wasn't about money because I'd found someone that I really wanted to work with and loved to work with and there was financial constraints but I'm going to work with her anyway and I did and she paid me £60 per month for two sessions that's £30 a session so I went from charging Scott 5000 to charging Nahida £60 for two sessions and within a few months she she was really seeing something new, really seeing something different. In fact, she was seeing more than Scott was seeing who'd paid me all that money. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, so, I'll, I'll edit that bit out, by the way, okay? You say that they both know. <laughs> it's just been part of where I'm at. No, 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 because you see, you see more the more you pay, right? No, I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> well, I... You know, I love that you said that because that's what I realised, that 
maybe this really isn't about money after all. Right. You know, that was such a big learning point for me, you know, mm. taking on the heater. And it turned out she, she um, started a new business and she's now really successful. She's um, a Mendy artist, so she does all of the henna tattoos. Um, you know, does really well, loves it, and changed her life. And yeah, she she paid me very little, but was very invested in herself. And yeah. and so I went on this journey of maybe this isn't about money after all, and that money can be a valuable means of people investing in themselves, but it's not the place for me to come from. No, I, I you know, again, this is something I mention. I think probably time and time again. So, so for me, my my take on the the whole money thing. Of course, I, I I work within a range, and even that range changes depending on what I've got going on. Um, it's all about market forces, but it's at least as important, if not more so, in fact, that the fee is right for the client than me. Yeah, and I didn't know that, Bill. I, that working with Mahida. I, that was my first inclination that that's true, that that's mm. real. But I still, it still wasn't fully formed, you know. So when the whole summer with this very up and down take on, you know, this inconsistent way of working and not being sure, and then I just thought, right, you know, there's something for you to see. And I started working with Ankush. I just rang him up and said, right. I think I probably need to start completely afresh in my business. I don't know how to do it or what to do, but I just got this desire to scrap everything that I know and be a new business today. Yeah. And uh, that was last October that I did that. So, um, so, in, there's, so there's quite a lot happened in the space of one year then. Yeah, it, it's it's funny that I just completely... Now, obviously, I didn't scrap everything there because I'd learned things along. You know, I'd had, mm. started to have this insights around it. But based on that, I thought, mm, you know, let's start again. Let's be a new business today and start having conversations and take money off the table. Take money off the table. Let's see who I want to work with and who wants to work with me and what's going on and whether I can help them and just really get deeper. And I found as I was doing that, people were just saying, oh, that, that looks really new. Can I work with you? And initially, just made sense. I don't know where this came from, but I was just saying, yeah, let's work together for eight weeks. And then at the end of that eight weeks, we'll both sit down together and decide whether we want to go any further. And so it's all good. And is there a typical time span? Like somebody has worked for you to eight weeks. What what typically was next for those that wanted to continue? Um. So typically, what what's been next is they work with me for longer, um, get even slower, take little steps, go deeper, yeah. And that's just been a gradual progression and and to the point where I was doing that too. Obviously, you know, I was doing that too, I was being coached too and so things started to change in terms of the conversations I was having and that's how the corporate side grew too, which which led me 
you know, I've, I've got both the corporate and organisational work plus the one-to-one work, so which brings me to today yeah. <laughs> with my high-quality problem. <laughs> high-quality problem. So just just briefly, what I've what I've heard. Correct me if I'm not paraphrasing this appropriately, but it, it, what I've heard from you is you've made more money by making your business or at least coaching your clients less about money. Yeah, for me personally, you know, and, and also I've been able to, you know, so there's, because I see myself as having to, two main jobs, two main roles as a coach. And one is to take stuff off people's mind. And the other is to get them to go slower. You know, that's the only two things that I'm looking at when I'm sitting with someone, whether that be an organisation or, you know, a one-to-one client. And then... Um, you know, people don't always want to do that. They've got these, I want I want this, I want that. And I saw that that's what I was doing too, you know. And so one of the things that I usually say to people is, you know, because they'll say, oh, you know, if I worked with you, how much would it be? And it's like, well, we haven't even decided whether we want to work together yet. Let's find that out first. And, you know, so you can forget, it's got nothing to do with money. Like, take that off the agenda. Let's just see what happens out of these conversations. So tell us about your high quality problem, Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) Because I mean, I I usually ask like a version of the question. So what's like either not working or what's your biggest challenge right now? And I, and I think it's the same question, isn't it? Yeah. So for me, you know, my, my business, I, I've got, um, I've got a waiting list of one-to-one clients and I'm, I'm getting a waiting list of organisational clients too, you know, um, I'm sort of holding back on those potential conversations with organisations and so my next step really is to to get people on board who want to do that work with me, alongside me or, you know, instead of me actually probably. Um, so yeah, I don't feel equipped for that, <laughs> you know, so that's what's really held me up. So for the last couple of months, you know, we've been going there and I've been saying, oh, let's just hold on, let's just hold on. And I can see really that, you know, that's been okay too. Like, it just happens when it happens. And I'm, I'm in that space now where um, that's, my, that's my next move. So... Uh, this sounds like I'm asking you a question as your coach. I'm not. I'm just like generally curious whether. <laughs> I'm wondering, is there like a bigger vision now then? And if there is, what what is that? What what's like you know Nikki's coaching practice version? I don't know three. What is that? What, have you got a vision for that? Um, you know something. Yeah, I everyone else has got this vision. I haven't actually got the vision. <laughs> So I had a meeting last week with the Chamber of Commerce because they, uh, they're really into my business. It's like, oh, you know, they call me an exporter because some of my clients are overseas and that really tickles me, you know. Oh, you're an exporter. You know, it's like, no, I'm a coach. just sits on Skype and really connects with someone. And, um, 
and I've been having conversations with Anne Kosh for a couple of months now about um, my next move is to collaborate. And so everyone else can see, and I've just kind of not wanted to look at this vision. And so I kind of haven't got a clear picture. I'm walking blind again. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know, let's go. Let's go and find of that so um let's ask a couple of questions specifically about you then how would you describe yourself as a client what kind of client are you probably a difficult one <laughs> because yeah i probably am um i think in some ways i might be easy to work with and in a lot of ways i'm really not because although i take loads of action i don't have to be told to do that you know um, I also know that um, I have to get over myself a lot of the time, you know, and that's what Ankush spends time digging, digging them holes with me, <laughs> you know. So I'm my own, I'm my own worst enemy, but that's 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 why I get coaching. Mm. So who's influenced your who or what, in fact, has influenced your coaching the most? Oh, there's been several. There's no one person. There's been several. Jamie definitely, you mm. know, about, um, you know that guy saved my life. So without a doubt, Jamie. And you know, I trained with him for two years, and he's doing such good stuff in the world. And then definitely Ankush, you know, working working with him, it's enabled me to. Find my own answers. Find my own way of doing things. And you know something. Who who's influenced it mainly as my partner, Stephen. And I, you know, I never, never thought I'd be able to say that. I'm sure I'd be really pleased to you. Yeah, he's when I've had no faith in me, he really has. He really has. And it's like he's had such faith as not to care what success looks like or means. It's like, you love doing it, so just do it. And that's enabled me to hang on to that. Yeah, beautiful. So as you look back, I mean, it sounds like you've... <laughs> if there's one thing you're going to get from this episode, episode, and I hope people just get get that really about you, is just take action. It's almost like it doesn't matter what it is, just keep being prepared to take action um, and you may have already answered this in a different way but like really in summary what do you know what what you know now what what might have made this journey easier and more of fun for you if you'd have known when you started out I, su I suppose what what I definitely to have given myself a break with finances and worked, you know. But next to that, it would have been to give myself permission to fail. Like, really expect that 80% of what I do doesn't work as I've expected to work. It works out in some way, you know. Just to meet all my expectations. And that's okay. You know, because something happens from that you know something that 20% of magic comes from that 
And if I really got a grasp of that earlier on, I would have started the process sooner without a care in the world. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, it's been wonderful talking to you. I want to honour your time and time of our listeners. Um, you know, there's loads more, I think, loads of detail we could go into. Uh, <laughs> how can people find you and contact you if you have... <laughs> <laughs> if if they, they want to join your waiting list <laughs> um, I still can't get used to that <laughs> um, yeah they can find me my website is uh, nickybartley.com or they can find me usually anywhere over social media under Nikki Bartley <laughs> you know or they can email me at nikki at nickybartley.com I was saying Nikki it's, it's been wonderful talking exploring with you and um you know just just hearing it's 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 wonderful to hear you talk about how how you have taken action because that is how we create change in the world so thank you thank you that's been lovely thank you so that was nikki and i hope you've got that real main thing out of this episode and that is just how committed nikki was and is to taking action um, you know, she went like an initial six months with no clients, like what she called a mythical business that actually turned into 12 months before uh, she got her first client for a relatively small fee. I think she said something like £250 for three sessions and then another six months. So like 18 months in total with perhaps just one client for a small fee. And a lot of people would have given up then, but she decided to take uh well she got some decent coaching i think she said and then she took massive action working through those 2000 business cards and you know that really epitomizes the extent of her commitment to taking action another thing that jumped out of course is that she was finding there were clients literally under her nose rather than as a result of um marketing and that's so often the case isn't it you know we look to our relationships with people um, and how we can help those people and that's very often where our clients are waiting for us to serve them i also loved how nikki was very flexible in how she charged clients particularly at the outset she charged a fee that was right for the client even though there might have been quite a bit of disparity between fees uh for her existing clients you know this whole thing around fees we make it all up and as i think i said in the episode it's important that the fee is right for the client as well I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, apologies once again for the sound quality. It's not that great, but I think there's a lot of stuff in this in this episode for coaches out there. Got uh, some wonderful guests lined up. I know I say that every time. I'm still enjoying doing this podcast, so I'm going to keep going. I hope it's of use to you. If you are enjoying it, uh, please do go onto iTunes. Take less than a minute to leave uh, a review so that others can find this podcast too. And thank you once again for listening. Until next time, I wish you much love and joy.